G'day and welcome to Nutritious Conversations. I'm your host, Duncan McMartin. My intention is that these chats with my guests add as much richness to your life as they do mine. And you too can be inspired to indulge in nutritious conversations with friends, family, and complete strangers. Big love and enjoy. Well, g'day to uh, another episode of Nutritious Conversations with Dunk. I've got a, a very good mate, um, somebody who... I think from day one, when we say good day to each other, I just went, this guy is quality. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm really excited about today. So, Chad Dobson, welcome to the uh, the podcast, mate. Yeah, thanks. And as we just said before, you decided to hit record. Um, super stoked to just be able to carve out just this piece of time for us just to have a chat. Oh. Very appropriate, mate. I'm wearing a, a we carb shirt. Carb. Oh my god! <laughs> we're already crazy. We're already vibing, which is all pretty good. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, great. I, I think. Uh, hey, look. Uh, what book are you reading at the moment or listening to? Is there anything you're sort of hooking into? Uh, to tell you the truth, I've gone. I've gone back. Uh, I've been reading uh, Gordon Ramsay, Humble Pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been reading. I've gone back to Matthew McConaughey, Green Lights. <laughs> and also Mark Devine staring down the wall. So I'm sort of floating between the three, but I'm I'm actually up for, for up for a new one. Beautiful. At the moment. So I'm at that stage where I'm I'm sort of wondering what's going to come forth and where, where do I need to go next? Yeah. How about yourself? What are you? I, yeah, a bit of a bit of a back to the future sort of thing. Um Joe Dispenza becoming supernatural. Um okay. which was one where I was uh, a course that I've been doing through the quantum movement, um, you're sort of sitting there and you're sort of feeling into the space of somebody you know, um, but that doesn't know you. And yeah. that was the name that came forward. And then you sort of sit in that space and it was just had this real impression to go back and start to read it, um, which was interesting because I dug through every single box I could possibly find out in the in the uh, the storage cupboard and couldn't find it in there, so I went and bought it. <laughs> so I've got another copy. <laughs> yeah. I've got a funny feeling I've given it away. <laughs> I, yes. I have a tendency to hand books on, you know, it's like pay it forward sort of thing. So yes. Um, but uh, I might need to start to start to create the library. I'm, I noticed yours in the background there, mate. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um what's that saying about um TVs these days are getting bigger and bookshelves are getting smaller. <laughs> so yeah, I I tried to um to broaden the base of my my library if you like yeah, yeah. So, like you as well you tend to um you tend to hand one on to somebody at some point and forget who you've handed it to but i guess that's part of the the joy of of reading books and passing them on i suppose oh look i, I learned that lesson where i just go you know what i don't want it back you know i, I, I send it on because i know you know, fifty percent of the time you get it back. Fifty percent you don't. <laughs> so it's, yes, it's like I'll just do a hundred percent give. You know, and uh, <laughs> yeah, which is quite funny. So, which is lovely. But yeah, the green lights was a was a good one. You know, uh, I didn't realize yes. he was down um, Gosford Way. Yeah, one of our yeah, yeah. He spent um, time down there as a, as an exchange student, which was yeah, that was interesting for me as well. Uh, an intriguing, intriguing book. Yeah, and totally, totally unexpected, to be honest. Yeah, I'd look, I, I listened to the podcast of it because he's narrating it. And uh, yeah. so you get that, you know, Matthew McConaughey 
sort of a droll sort of thing, which adds a another dimension to it. But uh, I'm actually pushing myself back to where more reading. Um, I've listened to so many books on audio, and I think there's something about the linguistics of reading for paying attention, you know, and being able to sort of be in that moment and listen. Sometimes you can just have it in the back of your mind and you can multitask. And I, I think multitasking is good in some respects, but I think there's just that sometimes it's just really important to have that that presence, which is, you know, obviously something we'll, we'll, we'll tap onto or tap into with meditation and life coaching and and that side of things with you. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's – did you um, – were you away with the Junto this weekend? No, no, I, I worked this weekend. I did see that they were doing a retreat. Yeah. I, I was wondering whether you went to it <laughs> or not. No, no, I just uh, – yeah, I, I, actually, it's funny, I've just um, – yeah, when you said you were working, I thought, oh, maybe you're working there because I just saw a post on Facebook. But no, I, um, I've i sort of come back from my self-imposed um, sovereign sabbatical um, where I've moved away from being motivated by anyone. I've got to get used to microphones, mate, so just bear with me with that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a new 4K camera, so all the technology. But yeah, no, I, I sort of jumped into that space after um, where I tore, I tore my Achilles a bit over a year ago sort of thing. Oh, actually, two years ago. Oh, God, two years ago. And um, there was sort of, you know, a, a moment where I went, hang on a second, I've, I've got to stop outsourcing myself you know, to other people to do the thinking for me or the movement and all that sort of stuff. And I did contract a little bit with Mike for a bit of coaching just from a movement perspective to make sure I locked myself into a framework. But then I just went every area of my life. I moved away from the need for tribe, um, which I think is a real important. Now, I'd love to unpack that a little bit with you today, actually, which would be good because I, for me, I kept on seeking, wanting to seek a tribe. And I, I realized it was becoming almost a an obsession but almost like a you, i'm chasing something if i could actually just let it go and actually be okay with myself um i think that's when you know i started getting a lot of understanding of myself be able to sit in my own space um i think it was something you posted on facebook with a, a gentleman who was a you know went you know all his stuff went and you know he was lying on the floor and going through cold turkey you know sitting in his own shite you know, um, to, to get off the drugs and all that sort of stuff. And I think, not that I was on drugs, but I think there are drugs that we have in life where it's an addiction that actually gives you a false sense of reality. So I think that's probably one of the things that moved away from tribe. But yeah, which is. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that because I've been really, uh, I suppose I've sort of done a, a similar process this year in that, and bear in mind, you're talking to somebody here that works for himself, by himself as well. So there's, you know, there's a lot of reasons why why I do that. And some of that is very, very functional for me. But there's also parts of that that crept into areas that might be dysfunctional at times where you talk about um, searching for tribe or, you know, wanting to be part of a group. Mm. Um there's parts of that where I've struggled with accepting help from different mm. things and, and, and different um, phrases come straight to mind about, oh, you know, um, if you want something done, you just got to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Or this is going to be so much easier if I just do it myself. It doesn't matter if it takes me 10 times longer, but I'll just do it myself because then I know it's done and, yeah. and all those. So, so I've had to really come into an awareness of when those thoughts 
pop up for me and just how dysfunctional they can actually be and then areas where they can actually filter through into how do you different, discern, different how do you parts discern of that? my life. How do you discern that? How do you discern when it's a dysfunctional aspect? What what's sort of the the uh, the resonance with yourself? Is there a um, well? There's, so there for me, there's a definite there's a, a, a heightened feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it would be an anxiety, but it's it's definite. I definitely am, am carrying something in my chest, which is probably coming down to my respiratory rate. I'm probably breathing a lot shallower. Mm-hmm. I'm probably a lot less composed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd say that's that's then becoming to a level where it's it's heading into dysfunction because yeah. it's it's affecting me on a physical level, which is going to have some sort of issues flowing down the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's you know one of the areas when we talk about with. Um, with coaching, one of the greatest sayings I ever heard was, you know, the intangible and the immeasurable is always impacting the tangible and the measurable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so the intangible and the immeasurable part of that is the, the thought, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't see my thoughts, mm-hmm. right? But the thought that I'm better off doing this myself because it's going to be quicker and I know it's going to be done right. So that's intangible and immeasurable. Mm-hmm. But then the tangible and the measurable is, like you just said, how do I, how do I know that's happening? Well, I can feel that physically in my body, because I have that that physical response. Yeah. You know, and is that is that then affecting my blood pressure? Is that affecting um, other parts of my being? Yeah. Um, and then that comes into then the what's tangible and what's measurable. Yeah, yeah. Through yeah. something that's that's totally intangible and totally imme- immeasurable. Isn't it interesting? I mean, this the, the principle of nearly most philosophies and religions is know thyself. Isn't mm. it? And to to know that intimacy of yourself and and to give you yourself that time to to recognize and unpack, you know, the the, the programs um side of things i mean i I completely i I resonate with that i know there are times where i become this this tunnel vision i'll just do it myself and i had an episode of that just recently where i was moving some camping gear and i was like my poor wife she'd hurt her shoulder earlier on oh you know cat anyway but she'd hurt her or met cat i think but she'd hurt her shoulder and and i went oh look i'll just do it myself and i grabbed this box and i didn't realize her toe was underneath it i lifted a whole toenail off and it was like that was a real life it was just like oh and you know and i'm sitting there just self-flagellating about you know oh god just slow down mate just slow down but if i had have actually just sort of really become that that presence and i think that's the you know which is another thing i love to tap into is like meditation in motion and you know there was a and you know whether whether you want to go there or not there was a thing i listened to your acmm interview um and you know you were talking about you know that that moment you realize that's why you meditate you know that that realization if you don't mind me sort of mentioning that and you know and and i think that meditation in moment in motion which is really about presence in motion isn't it you know in some respects and finding those that that point you know of of i don't know 
how do you keep that front of mind or not even front of mind how do you keep that front of soul <laughs> you know i i, I think i think you touched on it even you may have mentioned the word pause or you might have mentioned the word space about taking that space and that to me is that uh that that's the key to being able to come into that composed state where you know you might have even asked hey how do you reckon the best way is for us to to move this gear uh this camping gear um instead of just charging in and, and, and ripping somebody's somebody's <laughs> foot or, or tail you know what i mean yeah, um, yeah, yeah but it's it's and and as you're well aware a large part of meditation is coming back to observations mm. you know observing and, and becoming the observer and being able to observe one's thoughts mm. um so and that's going back to what i what i said before about um and you can recognize that thought because and a lot of the time as well that thought is actually what's that's on repeat i think you even just when you probably go off on a, on another train of thought here now but um but i think it's like it's like you just said it's just having that pause having that space and the so the other thing i'd say is is it's um it's it's called a practice for a reason so it's called a meditation practice for a reason you know there's no end goal okay so it's 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 a practice and just just as meditation is a practice pausing and giving yourself space takes practice as well mm. so you can also you can practice on on smaller things um that will then give you the confidence to actually pause on some on some of the bigger issues yeah, yeah. you know that you might be facing so I mean, you. One thing that nobody can ever take away from you is is your experiences. Mm. If you if you do something and you have an experience, um, then then you own that, and nobody can nobody can call you out on that. Mm-hmm. So I could say I could say anything to you, Duncan, from my experience. Mm. If I if I have that as the as the qualifier, I like to call it a qualifier. So yep. from my experience. I've spent time with Duncan, and Duncan's a lovely guy. Mm-hmm. And then anybody can say whatever they want; it doesn't it doesn't matter because yeah. it's from my experience. So the more you practice and give yourself that space, and you get the results that you get out of that, what you're experiencing, um, nobody can then take that away from you, and that, that'll that'll also then build what that does. Experience builds confidence. Mm-hmm. So then you you had that experience and then you have the confidence to take that take that pause, give yourself that space and and then proceed. Yeah, love that. I love that. I think that's the you know, I, I know for myself, you know, the when I look at the experiences that I've actually had um from a meditation sort of practice or even a presence, you know, uh, perspective for myself. You know, the experiences that I've actually had have just been the practicality of those that actually come into life has is, is, is been quite extraordinary. I know when I haven't practiced, I know when that practice has dropped or waned. Um, and you actually end up finding that life, you know, where you're moving along and you've got, you know, you're, you're in this really good space and life is here. And you just seem to have that beautiful space in between. 
but the thing is, is as you get to that stage where you 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 stop the practice, then it's always you're like, oh shit, I should meditate. I should meditate. I should meditate. You know what I mean? And you, you, in actual fact, that's basically get bigger and bigger the other way, and you end up in this in this situation where you're in crisis mode to try and get back there to get to this point, and then you actually start to you know get that space again that presence again you know and i think that's the thing that 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 for me becomes very real um i know i know when the practice drops you know and i think it's you know to sit there and you just go it's a bit like i, lo- I love the saying you know you know um before you get enlightened you need to chop wood and carry water and then after you're enlightened you chop wood and carry water yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, you know it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't change you keep that practice going because the I mean, this idea of reaching enlightenment, I, I find a bit, a bit. Yeah, I think you know. To your point, it's it's a continual, it's it's a continual practice. You know, there's no, it's not so much an end goal with this. You know, I don't think life's about an end goal. You know, I think it's all it's about a, a continual meeting of each moment and meeting it more beautifully. You know, more blissfully. You know, and and what helps you meet each moment is that is that ability to be there. You know, not somewhere else. You know, and I think you were talking about, you know, thoughts and stuff like that. <laughs> how they repeat. You know, I, I think one quote that I heard was like, you know, ninety five percent of the thoughts we think today, we thought yesterday, and we're going to probably think tomorrow. You know, and so how do you now create the space where the thoughts aren't the ruling? quite you know it's not not ruling your life sort of thing and you do have that space to breathe which is so interesting but uh, yeah sorry i went mm. off on a tangent then uh, when, one of one of the words that when you when you first started speaking them was the the word should should yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. should meditate i should meditate and then mm. it's like you get to that certain point where it's like the word should is mm-hmm. now out the window now it's turned into oh i need <laughs> No longer should. I need. I need. need. I need. Yeah, I need that time now. Yeah. 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 And this is because, respond- because things are things are spiraled that bad. I've ignored the should, mm-hmm. and it's now. Yeah. No, buddy, you need to. Yeah. Well, it's responsibility. I love the word responsibility. The ab- the ability to respond. You know, and is the way I sort of look at it, and I, and that's just been been a, a word that's been percolating quite a bit over the last few months for me. You know, uh, rather than running a reactive life, knocking people's toenails off, you know, it's that ability to <laughs> to respond. You know, and how do you build that ability to respond? You know, between the in breath, inspiration, and 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 breathing out, there is a gap, and in that gap is presence. You know, and I and I and I think that's probably the investment. Not probably, it is the investment that I hold dear. Now is is that space in between, and looking for those spaces in between. And what's what uh, the illusion is is that when you spend the time looking for that space, you use it. You're wasting time, and in actual fact, it makes time. <laughs> yeah, you know, doesn't it? You know. Yes. Puts, from the obvious thing of, of, you know, mitigating calamity, you know, which is the reactionary life, to being able to sort of be in bliss and flow, you know, as the Joseph Campbell side of things, where we we actually then now, you know, we're in that presence and there's a knowingness that we can tap into, 
which is which is interesting. But yeah, well, I think I think as well with it, you know, with the Western with a Western mindset, you know, where we're very much um, in the doing. Mm. So it's like you said. So the, for us to envisage that we are going to spend 20 minutes or 30 minutes a day and to our Western mindset physically sit there and do nothing, mm. that's that's very challenging because, <laughs> you know, I've got bills to pay, I need to uh, wash clothes, I need to look after kids. I've got all these these things on my my to-do list for the day, mm. uh, you know, all these things that need to be ticked off of the to-do list. So to to spend that time uh, to and to what part of my mind says is you're doing nothing, mm-hmm. that's challenging. That's challenging. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like you said, to, and to me, it's a great it's a great catch twenty two because it's um, spending that time actually creates more time for you. Mm. So time time's a finite commodity. Mm. Okay, you have twenty four hours in your day. I have twenty four hours in my day. Every single day, mm-hmm. twenty four hours. You have a certain amount of of those twenty four hour days. You divvy up your twenty four hours every day the way that you see fit. I do the same with mine. Mm. That's all anybody does. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, and if you take responsibility for the choices that you make, then you you recognize that that's the truth that you divvy that up how you see fit um what's not a what's not a finite commodity infinite is energy mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, so i know a lot of people talk about time management you know i'm, I'm more into energy management what's my energy like yeah good so I, I i can't make any more time yeah 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 I, I physically, I can't make any more time, 24 mm. hours every day. But energy, yeah, I can, I can create more energy for myself. Absolutely. Tell me about energy. What do you, what do you, how do you define energy for you? What is energy? <sighs> That's a good one. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that's, 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 a, that's a challenging one. Mm. That is a challenging one. So energy. Well, I know I know how I feel when I'm in, uh, and uh, it's a, it's a term I'll, I'll pinch from somewhere else. But when I'm in operating from clean energy, mm-hmm. so when my when my intention's pure, yeah. Um, when I'm composed, when things are flowing, mm-hmm. to me that feel that's a clean energy. And that's and that's very abundant. Mm. Like I could I could go I could go all day if I'm in that composed state, do, doing whatever. Yeah. Because it, energy on tap, you know mm. that's that's how it feels. Energy on tap. But the other the other side of it, and we we touched on it before, is you know how do I how do I feel when I when I've got those thoughts that uh, are dysfunctional that I deem as dysfunctional. That feels more like a dirty energy. That's more of a uh, like a, like an anger, mm. like an angry energy. Because yeah. because you you can have an angry energy as well. And I know I've certainly experienced that a lot in my life. But what I've found, once again, here's a qualifier from my experience, 
with the angry energy is there comes a point where that burns out. Mm -hmm. And that then is really quite dysfunctional. Mm. So to mm. me, then that, that energy, um, the, the, the clean energy is what I'm, I don't want to say chasing. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm wanting to allow myself to experience more. Mm. But then we could, you know, we could, energy is very multifaceted as well. We could talk mm. about that for, for days and weeks. I mean, I even um, had a conversation with my wife this morning about, you know, when certain people walk into the room and they just bring this energy and everybody everybody responds to that energy. Mm -hmm. You know, and that, that was the same thing again. That wasn't in a the, – the response to that energy of that person walking in the room that I was talking about wasn't in a, a positive sense. Mm -hmm. So that was a that was a feeling of a of a dirty energy, you know. This yeah. is not some this this person that's walked in the room. That's not somebody that I that I want to spend too much time around mm -hmm. because I want to spend time around people that are in a a better energy. Mm. Um, Do you know how I look how I look at that, Chad? And I, I love this. I love this. One of the things that sort sort of dawned on me because I was thinking about energy. You know, and part of it was, you know, I, I guess I've been chasing it most of my life, you know, <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I did martial arts thinking that I'd tap into chi energy and, um, you know, 20 years of martial arts and you get a black belt and you and you, you think, okay, well, where's my magic powers? Yeah, <laughs> this chi energy kicking in and it, it, it didn't kick in. But what I, what I sort of realised, and it was actually probably, a, I guess, a bit of an influence of the Celestine prophecies book um which is have you read that one then yeah so no maybe throw that on your list it's a it's 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 an interesting one when it especially there's a movie of it as well on youtube and there's you can you can sort of download it and it was a nick nolte's in it is nick nolte no no he's not in that one but um he's in another one but there, there's a few well, actors. I, I always I always get confused with gary Busey and nick nolte oh, do you? <laughs> i always get confused with them too yeah 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 for some reason well, there's a couple of actors you would recognise in it. There's one guy I can't remember their names, but anyway. But but basically, what it was 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 actually looking at um, energy, and and certainly the 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 book describes it beautifully about taking people's energy, and it was probably one of the the foundations of why I sort of kicked off this this um, podcast was to actually really look at. Um, I know the conversations where I've sat with you. Or you know, and even even you know, be it at the Junto group or or wherever, and, and and it doesn't have to go for long, or it could go for long, and and you walk away just going, oh, man, that was just sustenance, you know, that was that was, you know, what is Trevor Hendy, you know, um, you know the the he, he has his his um, boot camp for the soul sort of thing, which I think you've done that one, mm -hmm. but you know that you you feel yeah. that sustenance come through, but then there's the other aspect of things which is cannibalistic energy. Where it's actually cannibalizing the people around you, you take that energy from them because you you haven't developed the ability to tap into that inner energy yourself. Where I think biblically it talks about out of your mouth will flow rivers of living water. I think that's the analogy that I look at is things just you actually flow. Or you know, um, Joseph Campbell talks about following your bliss and that experience of bliss is that energy actually just flowing forward and it's light and it's open you know it's clean energy to use the word you you, you used mm. 
mm-hmm. the cannibalistic one is a really interesting one. And I and I started, like with all things, I, I apply it to myself first. Where am I cannibalizing the people around me? And you know it. You know it. And 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 if you and if you were actually honest with yourself, and there was one, and you're probably like this. It sounds like I'm terrible to my wife all the time, but this is a few years ago, actually. But I was really crook one day, you know, and I wasn't looking after my health and I wasn't in a good space. And I just, anyway, I, and, I, and I was really just a, just an ass, you know, and, and I'm driving down to Sydney and my mind's just going, don't do it, don't do it. And I just followed my my gut and I picked up the phone. Oh, well, I didn't pick up the phone. I, I dialed my wife on the, on the hands-free we're supposed to do and and i and i said to her i said i have to apologize for for the way i talked to you i was sick and i wanted you to know how bad i was feeling and i wanted you to give me all the sympathy on son my mind saying shut up you idiot shut up you idiot i'm just i'm talking you know just telling truth this is it i was consuming your energy i was taking that away from you i take responsibility for that she's in stitches laughing on the other end of the phone but it was such a, it was such a, 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 an ownership that it actually began to really, it was like a crack occurred where I actually began to be very, and I know, and you, like you said, you know, when you're in that clean energy, because you're not mm-hmm. taking anything from anyone else. In actual fact, when you're sitting with somebody, and this is a beautiful thing, you know, you've got a lovely wife, Erin, you know, when you're sitting with the, your, your, your own partner and stuff like that, and you're really in that space, the energy is mm-hmm. exponential. Or if we're having a nutritious conversation, you know, and this is what I, 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 like I said, the ethos of this is that the energy is exponential. And then the people listening in on this, if they're in that heart space, we're growing in this energy. We're not cannibalizing, you know. It mm-hmm. may be giving you a bit of sustenance, but the sustenance is actually feeding your soul, you know, not your mind. Oh, you might be learning a little bit of stuff, but it's not that cannibalistic side of things. But, yeah, the cannibalism is an interesting one because I think there's, God, there's somewhere where I'd love to go with you, whether we do it today or not, but, that's an <laughs> not about eating eating people. <laughs> yeah, but that's and that's that's it's. I always look at that as well, um, and an analogy that was coming through when you were talking about that, you know, with the with the clean energy is that, is that I and I use it with my kids a lot of the time as well. Uh, with your energy, it's like a you know a body of water. If you think about a body of water, and you think about a swamp, mm-hmm. and a swamp, the waters still stagnant it's not moving and it's brown and it's filthy and it's dirty mm-hmm. and then you think about the ocean you think about all the movement that's in the water mm-hmm. you know and you even spoke about i think you know was it uh, rivers of truth or, or something like that yeah, living you, water the, yeah 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 and I, and I think about the ocean you know the ocean's constantly moving you know there's days that you look in the ocean you think, wow that water just looks that's so clear so beautiful mm. you know um so that to me, and that's that's sort of what the energy feels like as well. A lot of the times, it's either stuck and it's stagnant and it's brown mm-hmm. and it's shitty, if we yep. can use that word, or yeah, it's yeah. it's moving, it's flowing, it's nice and clear. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to homogenize yep. or pasteurize this podcast, by the way, mate. We just talk the way we talk. <laughs> <laughs> the people cool. don't like it. Then they, that's okay. They, they they listen to something else. <laughs> they can listen to something else, you know, because. <laughs> We, we we've got this homogenized, pasteurized attempt at you know around us in life, so which is yes. which is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to shoot a different way. You're moving out of the the 
you know, or, or sort of transitioning into really following a, a, a your heart space, your your soul space. Um, I use the word soul, and we probably may define what that means as opposed to heart, because for me, you can you can break a mind, you can break a heart, but your soul can't be broken, and that's the way I sort of come from it, you know. And it's it's an interesting one, and your mind and your heart can delude you a little bit, but your soul doesn't. There's a purity there. And that 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 beautiful connection with your soul actually allows you to to then recalibrate your heart and your mind, you know, from a different perspective, which is which is again that energy moving outwards, you know. And but I we're we're both sort of in this situation where we're sort of following our own sort of you know I left twenty years of working in that that industry. I was in the pharmaceutical industry. Because it moved, it was so it was starting to feel compromised, as opposed to, I guess, to caveat not caveat this, but a bit of background on it. If I if I've got a good foundation in karate, then I can and I've got I can use flexibility and I can I can you know throw a kick or a punch or whatever it might be. But if I'm compromised in my foundation then any movement that I do is always going to throw me off. I won't be able to pull that kick back. I won't be able to have control of that. I won't be able to be grounded in who I am. And so one of the things that I found, you know, I was more and more feeling so compromised. And and so I, I actually went, no, I can't do this anymore. And so for me, it was a very much a close the door, walk away. Um, financially, you know, it becomes a bit of a challenge, but it was, you know, just trusting and following a bliss sort of thing. How have you gone with, you, you know, your, your work for yourself, you've got your own business, but you're really moving towards your, you know, a life coach side of things, meditation. You've got an amazing group as well. Stand stand with me or um, help me stand, sorry. Um, help me stand, yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so for, for me, it's a, a longer process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a, a curveball thrown at me in early January of mm-hmm. this year. Um, my right-hand man, who does the same line of work as me, installing business telephone systems and data cabling. Um, leading into Christmas, I'd worked with him a few days, and I knew in my – I was going to say in my gut, but I knew in my soul that there was something that wasn't right with him because there was a couple of days – where we worked together and he had to go home. He was unwell. Now, this is a guy that that I've known for over 20 years. Mm. And I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in saying that there's a, there's, there's a, there's a few, there's, there's some different energies there with me and him. There's a bit of an undercurrent there with me and him of a, a brotherly relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm very comfortable in saying that. And he, he, so, you know, with things that happened with me, with in my family, when I had a child who was experiencing ill health, if I needed somebody to look after my business, well, he looked after my business for me. Mm. And so that's, that's the type of relationship that we had. So first week of this year, he, um, he was uh, reached a point where he was having some tests done and he notified me that he had bowel cancer. Mm. So um, horrible, horrible situation for him and his family um, which is which is um, playing out in a very positive manner for him at this mm-hmm. point as positive as, as it can be so this year I've been uh, very much 
uh, coming from the, the space of um, doing what I feel is right. And, and there's a lot of times there where I've been looking after clients of his because I feel that's the right thing to do. Mm. And I'm, um, uh, I'm very comfortable with that decision. So it's, it's what, and what that's done is that's actually lengthened out the process of me transitioning mm. um, because I'm actually, my, my purpose, part of my purpose this year has been to, to attempt to try and keep some level of things moving for him mm-hmm. so that if he does choose to come back, then he can, he can hopefully come back and slide into some of that. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. So it's, it, it hasn't been a case of for me, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump off the cliff and I'll learn how to fly mm. at the time. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's a lot more gradual process. Two years ago, I would have been, um, a lot more challenged with that than what I have been this year. Mm-hmm. I've really, I, I, you know, I don't know if I want to use the word surrender, but I have just allowed that to take place. Mm. Um, yeah. And a lot of that has been because of the, uh, like I said, the brotherly feelings that i that i do have for that for that man um mm-hmm. yeah to try and help him and i and i've i've felt like that's been um not to piss in my own pocket too much but i feel like that's been quite noble of mm. me to do that um and i'm i'm i've been really stoked with that but it, it, you know to help me stand um that's actually so so the 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 name of that group is Help Me Stand. I don't know if you're familiar with Eric Clapton. I, I believe he lost a, a child. He did, yeah. yeah. So he lost a child, and there's a really good song called uh, Tears in Heaven. Mm-hmm. And one of, the, one of the lines in that, um, in that song that he sings, uh, he says, would, would you help me stand? Ah, right. So that, yeah. so that, yes. And if you actually listen to that song, he sings those three words in a different way to what he sings the whole, sort of the whole other song. It's it's a really, um, the way he sings those three words is a real, uh, it's not a beg. It, it's a, uh, it's just a really heartfelt question. You know, would you, would you help me stand? Um, so that's that's why I named that group uh, after that because that that is a group that I do facilitate for bereaved dads. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a very uh, personal um, cause, I suppose, mm-hmm. if you like, uh, uh, for me because I, I am a bereaved dad. Mm-hmm. I I lost uh, my six year old son in in 2019, um, mm-hmm. a month before his seventh birthday. So that's. That's how that group came to be. It's mm. also, in all honesty, um, parts of that as well. That's a, that's a little hat tip also to my dad. Uh, my dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Right, yeah. In, well, I don't know the, the exact year, but he was 27 years old. So I never knew my dad without Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. So I actually, I actually uh, in that regard, I say that, you know, the first... 32 years of my life 
uh, with my dad, with his chronic illness, prepared me for the next seven years of my life with my son, with his chronic illness. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so you know, and, and obviously then going back, as I said, without being a hat tip to my, to my dad as well, um, you know, numerous amounts of times, somebody with Parkinson's disease, you know, well, can you help me stand? Mm. So, yeah. yeah. So it's got yeah. that sort of sort of double edge. Yeah. And my uh, my dad actually passed away three months before my son. So yeah, twenty nineteen was a twenty nineteen was a hell of a year for me and and for my family. And then of course we went into all the twenty twenty and and all mm. the COVID stuff and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, but to, to go back to your question, it's been a bit of a longer a longer process. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's just been about becoming comfortable with that process. Mm. Um, and the life coaching, as we sort of discussed, for me is all about um, expanding people's awareness. And I think we've sort of we've sort of spoken about that already, mm. um, and bringing in that that space and that pause and that awareness, mm. uh, bringing that in through all of the decisions and all the choices that you make during the day um, and then really living your life from that place. So then you can make decisions decisions and choices that are more closely aligned with or with your heart or like with what you said, with your soul. Mm. Um, yeah, even even down to, you know, food that you eat, um, mm. how, you, how you move your body, when you move your body. How much sleep you get, um, all these sorts of things. How do how do you how do you take care of yourself, you know, to so that so that you can be the best version of yourself, um, the best and 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 operate from the best and cleanest energy. I yeah, you know? I think it's you know this is this is probably. To be able to create that space, to create that 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 you know that that clean energy, to live in that space, you know there is that responsibility that, but also there's that accountability. And as you said, you know if we can if we can think about what you're putting in your mouth, you know if you're sitting there and you think, okay, I'll throw another, you know, especially coming into summertime, you know, people are going to be grabbing the booze and stuff like that, you know, the cold drink sort of thing, and. And you look at it and you go, well, you know, have a beer, and then you go, well, I'll have another one, and I'll have another one, and I'll have another one. Oh, let's have another one. And it's and it's almost like, you know, if there was a pill you could actually take, which I'm not into pills, you know, that you could actually bring on the hangover in that moment, just to experience it. You know, <laughs> you know, would you would you make a better decision? You know, right right there and then. It's almost like the first beer needs to have a slight hangover attached to it that lasts for about thirty <laughs> seconds, and you go, oh no, I don't want to do that. But that's that's. I think this is the beauty of our, you know, our ability to use imagination. One of our noble senses is to actually go, okay, well, what am I going to feel like tomorrow when I'm if I make the choice today? And I think that's that's the diligence that actually comes into it. Actually, on Parkinson's, I've actually got my cousin um, Paul. Um, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's around about, I think he was about thirty years of age. I've got him on tomorrow, um, so I'll be recording oh, wow. recording Paul. Um, about his journey, and he—it's been quite extraordinary as well. So, how old is how old is he now? Well, Paul's fifty. How old would be fifty-five, fifty-six? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so when when Dad got first diagnosed with it, yeah, uh, he was given ten years. Yeah. Wow. At the time, 
Uh, yeah. He went another. He went another forty. I actually remember when I first started working for myself, I went and did a job for a neurologist in town, and he looked yeah. at my business card and he said, oh, "Oh, Chad Dobson, Dobson." He said, "You're not related to Howard Dobson by any chance?" I said, "Yeah, he's my dad." And he turned and he and he, he said, "Oh, yeah." I said, "I said um, he's just actually moved over to uh, Walls End, gone into a into a hospice type situation." So this yeah. was about ten years ago. And he, the look on his face, he was in shock. And he turned to his receptionist and he said, Howard Dobson is still alive. And she turned and she looked at us both and she said, no. And he, I said, yep, yeah, he's over at Wars End. They're like, wow, that's amazing. Wow. So, yeah. you know, and, and most of it for him, uh, and I'll be, I'll, I'll be really interested to hear what your cousin has to say on it, but most mm-hmm. of it for him, mate, to be honest with you, was just uh, he had this, incredible will to live mm. he was he was a stubborn stubborn bastard but he had yeah. an incredible will to live yeah. i'll put you on to um have you got netflix yeah 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 there's a show on that called stuts stuts S- oh that's s-t-u-t-z yeah that's the um the psychologist yes i watched part of it i didn't end up finishing watching it i got distracted yeah so i picked up i picked it up within about 30 30 seconds, I was sitting there watching it with, with Aaron, my wife. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you within about 30 right? seconds, I said, Aaron, I said, I said, this guy's got Parkinson's. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because you could just see by the way he was, the way he was moving and that. Yeah. It's funny yeah. when you see, um, and it's, it's being, you're absorbing it, um, seeing the movements over the years. Um, and then when you see somebody, it's like, yeah, no, I can, that person's got Parkinson's. I did a um, when I first when I um, finished my exercise um, uh, degree, um, human movement degree at the time. My one of the, the business I kicked off um, was personal training up in the Noosa region, and, and I actually ended up finding I was working with people with neurodegenerative disorders, but also acquired degenerative disorders. You know, and one of them was a was a lady who, you know, with Parkinson's disease, and there was no. There's no exercises out there at the time. There was not a lot. I, I did lip reviews to try and find things to do. So we, everything was anecdotal. And, you know, and ENIC was one sort of study. And and it was interesting because, you know, when you see Paul, and I, hopefully I can drop some video in of him, you know, he's down. You, you see um, uh, Otto Portal, you know, the the guy who does all those movements. Um, he might be an Israeli guy, but he's he's amazing. He gets down and does these lizard crawls. Like, you know, we do the bear crawls. He's doing like the lizard. Well, Paul's doing that, you know, and this yeah, is right. like 20 years on from diagnosis. I think it's about 20 years or a bit bit over that. But, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, seeing Paul do a full handstand and, like, he he's had uh, – and, again, I've got to – I haven't chatted to Paul for a long time, so I'm a lot – I'm yeah. great to sort of hear his journey sort of thing. And a part of it was the spiritual journey as well back into – um, you know, one direction, but also the nutritional side of things and mm. utilizing cannabis as well. Um, mm. You know, well, Dad. So, so Dad. Uh, I was asked about that the other week. Dad totally. Somebody asked me about uh, did my parents have a relationship with spirit, um, and I said that my dad, to me, totally surrendered to the now. Yeah, right. because he had he had no uh, um, sort of ability or chance to plan too far in the future because it was all an unknown. 
Yeah. You know, when he when he was first diagnosed, it was called Parkinson's syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and and my understanding uh, of a syndrome is when the medical fraternity are saying we don't actually know what's happening. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so at that point, it had a name, but they didn't know the exact specifics of what was actually happening, which is probably why he was given that 10 years. And um, I, I don't, I sort of put myself in his shoes there a while back about what that would have actually meant with him as a married man um, with three young boys mm. to be given that diagnosis. You know, you're going to have to finish working. Um, yeah, I, I, um, it must have been a real horrible time for him. Yeah, and especially that, you know, sort of that old school of the, you know, that the husband is the provider sort of thing. and um, Which which he was, um, and I believe so. My understanding of it was that he was made redundant from the mines, that the mines looked after him and gave him a redundancy, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, which which enabled him to um, pay the house out um, yeah. and things like that. So, um, but then, yeah, obviously he was on a, on a disability pension. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting journey, isn't it? And then I think that presence is, yeah, it's funny. I mean, you, have you read much of Gary Zukov's stuff? And oh, I haven't. No. Yeah. No. So, so one of the things that he puts forward, and I mean, it's you know he's probably got it from somewhere else, is that you know he calls this the Earth School, and you know what we experience in this 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 life now is, um, I don't know. I've got a few different thoughts on it, how it sort of may come about but you know is that you there is a predefined um experiences um to move us towards a greater relationship with who we really are and um and i think you could almost say those predefined experiences are almost karmic and there is a potential to transcend karma um through conscious um you know connection you know with with soul spirit um quantum whatever language you want to use in that space and and i think yeah, it's an interesting one, you know, because I think, you know, you work, you then, you don't work from paranoia, you work from pronoia, you know, where paranoia is against me, the world's, you know, the universe is conspiring against me, whereas pronoia is the world is conspiring for me. And how do I step into that space, you know? And I think that's a, mm. that's an exciting spot. But um, yeah, it's interesting. It's just this, I, I, I've had some really interesting experiences of late, and this is part of the reason why I really kicked off in, in one of the reasons I kicked off the podcast is that when I chat with people, you know, and what they've done in their life, it's not that they've mapped it out. It's not sort of the, and I don't, you know, and, and I'm not discrediting Dave Goggins, but, you know, it's not like, we got this is the way we got to do it. And we're going to, you know, there is this jungle gym approach to life that's quite astounding, you know, and, and if you actually said, you know, if you if you could work out all the steps you would take to get to this point, like we, long story short, we were, we were on a trip in Vanuatu and um, there was a few issues with the, the airlines there and we ended up having to charter this flight, this Unity Airlines flight and there was another charter business and that, actually that very same day one of those planes went down in the water, everyone survived. But then we've charted this, but I'm sitting down with this, this guy, Tony, and I, I'm really keen to get him on the podcast, actually. For about three hours, we're sitting in this really dodgy domestic airport, mm-hmm. at, you know, Port Villa. 
And he's telling me how he ended up becoming, he's just a mechanic, he's not even a pilot, how he ended up getting this charter business called Unity Airlines. Mm. And it was incredible. But when you actually hear it, there's no way you could have mapped it out that way. It is actually just about in each moment taking those those courageous steps of like, yeah, that feels right. I'm going to move that way. Mm. And and I think, yeah, <laughs> go, chat. There's a couple of, couple, of, couple of things coming through there, um, and I'll see if I can remember the second one when I, when I start talking about this. But the first one that comes to it is I was going to say, doesn't that make the story just so much better though? Like you talk about a jungle gym, you know, we had to go here and do this and book this yeah. and that was all booked out. So we had to run over here and we're carrying <laughs> stuff and all the rest of it. Yeah, It makes the story so much better than um, because you wouldn't have even had anything to talk about if you just said, oh, yeah, we went to Vanuatu and we got on our plane and the plane took off exactly the time that it was supposed to take off and it landed, you yeah. know. Oh, geez, it landed 60 seconds before it was supposed to. So we're a bit grumpy about that because <laughs> we were supposed to get there at this time. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the the twists and turns that actually make the story so much better. Oh, yeah. Rich. Um, yeah, exactly. So that's even the, the way I've looked at this year is, yeah, I mean, the way I planned things happening was, you know, you transition, you go into all these other all these other fields and then you, you know, you you, you either trim back what you're currently doing to you know one or two days a week or or you you don't do it at all you go into the life coaching you uh guide people's meditations you teach people to meditate mm-hmm. and and that's what you do but taking the jump jungle gym course you know life life's thrown me that that curveball with with you know with my brother mm. from another mother um having his health challenges so i'm i'm trying to help him uh, and operate mm. from that space but the second thing I was going to say was I, I believe in soul contracts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe I have a, a soul contract with my wife to experience what we have experienced to date. Uh, I believe I had a, obviously a soul contract with my father, uh, with my mother, with my brothers, um, and a soul contract with my kids. My mm-hmm. kids have by far been my greatest teachers, mm-hmm. um, hands down. Uh, and Noah, my son that passed away, uh, yeah, he was my greatest teacher. Mm. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, and, and so, the you know, obviously the sole contract that I had with him was for him to come here, experience what he experienced, and I would play my role in helping him to experience what he experienced. Mm. Um, but then after that, obviously then, you know, the belief that of the sole contract with my wife, is then, you know, two years after we lost Noah, she turns around to me and says, um, I would like to have another baby. Mm. So, you know, and you, we talk about energy. Mm. Uh, you talk about what was what was sitting underneath that. For me, is that wasn't just a question then of do you want to have another baby. To me, that was a, a question of, that was my wife asking me, do you want to come and be brave with me? Do you want to step into the unknown here again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's that's how it felt to me. That was, yeah. you know, do you want to come and be brave? Do you want to turn the page on that chapter? And yeah. do you wanna do you want to write the next chapter ourselves? Wow. Um, so that that was what that was about for me was uh was are you gonna be brave? The other thing I was gonna to say to you as well is the the things that you were talking about, I sort of turned that is playing defense or playing offense. Yeah, okay. Tell me more. Yeah, you you, you talk about uh, paranoia and pronoia. Mm-hmm. You know, are you playing are you playing offense or are you playing defense? 
you know. So, um, so you starting the podcast, doing mm. all all this sort of stuff, that's you're playing offense. Mm. You know, you're you're putting something out there. You're having a go. You're not sitting back. You know, I'm mm. just I'm I'm taking a salary. I've got the job. Um, watching the money go into the account and I pay the bills and yep, that's mm. playing defense or you know, well, why is that person saying that? You know, when the when the paranoia kicks in. Being mm. defensive, playing defense. Mm. You know? So um I mean that for a large part of that time of my life when I was um when I had Noah here, mm-hmm. uh the mindset was very much playing defense. Yeah. When you have a, a child who's seriously unhealthy, mm. um, it's your mindset is a playing defense. You're not thinking too far into the future. You're not booking overseas holidays. You're not. Um, you're not starting new businesses, taking employees on, doing all this sort of stuff. You're actually you're actually playing quite defensively. Mm. So, you know, and when I talk about my wife, so, you know. Do you want to come and be brave with me? Well, that was also then. Do you want to come? Let's go and play some offense. Mm. You know, let's 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 turn the page. Start to do some stuff that we want to do. So that's I love that. That is beautiful. Because did you feel that sort of like that that open that that expansive sort of like holy shit? Um, step in. You, you you know that precipice. I, I did. That, I did, and that and that was what. Those were the words that come to me. Do you want to, you know, do you want to come and be brave with me? Um, Incredible. Yeah. Oh, I love so that. I, and I didn't, I didn't answer straight away, <laughs> same thing again, because it's something that I needed to, to pause and consider because it's like, and like I said, I, I have a very, very honest relationship with my wife. Um, with all with all the things that we've been through, uh, we've had to communicate with each other in a very honest way. Mm. Oh, so I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it was abrupt or I wouldn't say it was rude, but there was if there was information that needed to be passed on, that information got passed on. Mm-hmm. And if if that's if that's like you said before, if I'm if I was talking to her in a way where she felt like I was not talking to her nicely, she might say. You know, you're talking to me like I'm an asshole. I'm just trying to do this. Um, so how about you tone it down a bit? So mm. that's and but same thing again. Then then that's about you not coming from a place of ego. It's like okay, hold on a minute here. Um, what's what comes back? Same thing again. What's 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 the overall intention? What's what's the intention of the relationship? If the intention mm. of the relationship is to to live in a harmonious environment where we're helping each other and we're both continuing to grow. Yep. Then if some if that other person then questions you and says, hey, you're acting like an asshole, you're not talking to me nicely. Well, okay. Is that helping me with my intention in this relationship? And if it's not, well then I need to take that on board as as feedback. And then either like you did, apologize for that and mm-hmm. just own it yep or you know and generally then that comes about okay sorry about that um but here's what i was what i was trying to portray and maybe i need to portray that in a 
in a different way. So, but go, you know, the the the, the sole contract that I have with my wife means that um, whatever happens in our future happens. You know, mm. we've had a we've had an incredible. You know, if you just I first started uh, dating my wife when I was seventeen years old. Really? Yeah. Yes, and I tried to get her to come out with me for, and she hates when I tell this story, but <laughs> tried to get her to come out with me for eighteen months, long time. I was very, I was very resilient, and I showed a lot of perseverance, a lot of perseverance. Okay, to the point where my best mate even sat me down at one point and said, "Mate, what are you doing?" Right, this is not happening. What are you doing? Um, but I, on a, on a deep level, I just knew that she was the one for me. That we were supposed to go on this journey and experience what we've experienced. Yeah. But if you'd have, if you'd have said to me at seventeen years old, um, here's what you can do: you can either go with this young lady over here, and you're going to um, buy a new car, then you're going to go off and get married. You're going to have a beautiful honeymoon. You'll come home. Uh, you'll have 2.3 kids, buy a caravan, end up with a holiday house. Every three years, you're going to go overseas to Europe or America, mm-hmm. um, do things nice and easy. Or you can go with this lady. You can uh, get married, buy a house, start a business. Um, throughout your 30s, you're going to experience grief. You're going to lose both parents. Um, you're going to lose your sister-in-law to brain cancer. Mm. Uh, you're going to lose your stepfather. You're going to have three kids, but your youngest son is going to pass away. Um, like what a, what an experience, rich journey. Mm. And when you look back, I look back at all of the most intense, important moments of my life, um, and she was the one that was standing alongside me in those moments. Yeah. You know, the birth of my, the birth of my four children, mm-hmm. um, the death of one of those children, uh, my wedding day, you know, she, she was the one. She's the one standing there. And, mm. she, you know, she's seen throughout all of those processes, she's seen absolutely every grain of sand of my soul mm. and she's mm. still standing there man yeah yeah still standing there holding my hand yeah 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 and just yeah. going um it's okay yeah every little every little part of you it's okay i'm still yeah. standing here and i'll still hold your hand like that's that's richness that's true how, how, that's how do you how do you explain um the connection that you have with that person. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it. I and 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 this is what just blows me away. Like that's I have an experience like that with Cat. You know, I've been married three times. You know, and um, the first was to bring two children into this world. You know, the second one was, you know, it's it's it was what it was, um, but the to have a a, a and and I, I know when you're saying this there is a soul contract 
I can't explain the relationship I'm in at the moment any clearer than that as a sole contract as far as sticking together, as far as like, you know, the, the relationship isn't built on what we have, our status or anything like that. It's just built on who we are, you know, and it's what we do. And I think the quality of that relationship you know the, the 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 richness, the fruits. You know the 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 old biblical saying: you can tell them by their fruits. The fruits that come from that is just extraordinary. You know, yeah. and and I think I love your. Did you consciously have that conversation around how to communicate with each other, or was that just something that evolved? Uh, I, I want to say it was something that that evolved because I don't like using the term that it was uh, forced upon us. Mm. or thrust upon us by the situation that we found ourselves in. Mm -hmm. Um, There probably was some conscious levels of conversation um, Mm. at different times as far as, um, hey, I I, I just need to communicate with you this way to get the point across Mm -hmm. Um, because there's information that needs to be passed on. Yeah. Whereas Aaron, Aaron might term it as Chad was a driven, demanding <laughs> asshole, which is, but that's cool as well because, like I said, yeah. she's even even with that, she's still standing alongside me, holding my hand. So, I heard, um, I heard this beautiful saying, uh, you know, the, the the practice of that is called a conscious redo, and where you actually, maybe not in that moment, but down the track, or the other person can say, well. Actually, I think you probably do a conscious radio on that. And it's like, oh, shit, you know, I'm just really frustrated at the moment because I just feel I can't communicate properly and and I've got so much on my plate. And 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 it's like, it doesn't, you know, you're not doing it to excuse the behaviour because, I mean, you look at the, the worst case scenario of that is, you know, I didn't mean to hit you. You know, I won't do it next time. I was just tired. You know, that that's a different aspect of thing. That's abuse. But the conscious redo is actually owning owning your shit. Just saying, did that, or the other person calling them out and saying, "Hey, you know, I think we can talk better about that." Yeah, you're right. We certainly can talk better about that. But uh, this is beautiful, mate. We could we could keep going on for ages. I'm just mindful of your time, mate. I, I just I love chatting with you, Chad, and and I I think we can maybe we we go in there and we talk a bit more about relationships and stuff like that. But um, but the richness of who you are, and the gratitude I have that you're in this world, mate. You know, and and bringing bringing the wisdom of your experience and unpacking that for yourself first and then as a couple and then as a as a you know a universal being is just such a such a joy mate and you know i'm i'm, I'm eternally grateful for meeting you at the junta <laughs> and you know way back when i can remember when it's been a few years now but um but i'm sure you know there's there's so much more we can chat about you know and i and i would love to have you back down the track and and you know, unpack a little bit more. But um, on that yeah, note, cool. Is there anything else oh, you'd I like know, to share? I mean, well, yeah, just um, two things. I'll, I'll give you, you bring up the junta. I mean, I'll, I'll give Mick a wrap. Oh, there let's go that. there. Yep, let's go and there. I mean, even um, you know, we, we talk about playing defense and playing offense. I mean, um, Mick's, Mick's playing offense again. You know, opening up another gym up at East mm-hmm. Mainland like that to me is. That's a classic example to me of of playing offense, yeah, um, yeah. you know, having having a crack, having a go, which is uh, very exciting. 
very exciting. I'd, I'd love to get Mick on here. I, I I saw what he's doing and I went, you know, but then, you know, they say, if you want a job done, give it to a busy person. <laughs> but, you know, what he's actually done and the, and the considered nature he actually has would be, would be, you know, it'd be an honour to have Mick on. And yeah. uh, believe me, he's, he's sitting there percolating, you know, to, to have, a, have a chat with, you know, and because I think, you know, what he's done, you know, look, the Junto's worked, you know, it's already, you know, mm. I, I know Mick, talked about you know one person you know he was able to sort of you know just because of that space you know um, stop taking their life and um you know and i and it was interesting I, I've, I've just now come back to the junto um after my deliberate um you know separation and you know that was my own space um and to be able to sit in that that space and listen to the guys on thursday night you know and to hear the you know the the space creates the permission that you can give yourself to be able to be you know to be all in to be mm. able to express you know mm. and you know and and I, and I think that's just just gorgeous or the and the ice baths on the wednesday morning there is just fantastic as well just to see the you know people having to face you know a level of courage or a level of resilience you know, and courage is the precursor to resilience. You know, and to be able to sort of see that that space that again, you know, the 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 passion that Mick had to be able to move away from, you know, the you know, be able to have the predictable job and all that sort of stuff, and to step into that space with him and Sam and and that side of things is just yeah, I tip my hat off to him. We'll we'll certainly certainly have him on and and have a have a beautiful chat with him. But um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, look, I I I I think we've um yeah, I I'd certainly, you know, there's so many areas I'd love to get into with you down the track and and you know, we'll unpack a little bit more. We might catch up for a coffee somewhere and away from the camera and Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'd sure. say we probably chat the same way as we do here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love cool. that there is a no holes barred sort of chat. Yeah, we just talk and you know, there is not homogenizing or pasteurizing it, you know um we'll share a tear and we'll share a laugh and and you know and it's all fine you know There's... yeah and um, and and what what an absolute gift i mean like you know you use the words with the junto there you know a place where you can and go and and just talk freely yeah you yeah. know and you don't need to be anybody other than who you are this is it um yeah yeah and I know with like these podcasts, a lot of the podcasts are used to be able to direct people towards businesses. I, I, I don't mind that, but you know, my my intention behind this is to just chat with beautiful people. And if there's a business there, that's great. If it's not, I, I've reached out to a couple of people, one in particular, and she goes, but I'm nobody. And I said, oh, no, you're not. You know, when I chat with you, you light me up, you know, and, and, and I, I and we, and you walk away just feeling like you just, you know, and as I said, you know, the way I want to articulate this is like you and I have just gone to the the local farmer's market and we've walked around, we've picked up some seasonal produce. We've gone back back to the house here. We've put the produce on there and we, go, we started making something, you know, and then we've created this amazing meal and we sat down and had a meal together and then we shared it with others. And yeah, we sit there and just go, that was, that was just a cracking feed. You know, you don't feel overly full, but you just feel like you've had this big. That's that's my litmus test for each of the podcasts. 
So yeah, beautiful. Uh, and mate, th- thank you for a beautiful meal, mate. You know. Oh. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for providing the the kitchen and the dining room. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, I, I love it. I love it. But uh, yeah, we'll certainly. I'll, I'll hit stop. We'll have a quick chat afterwards, and uh, yeah, which is all good. All right, much love, Chad. Good on you, brother. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.